there must be dozens of people on earth who would have sex with you if they had to. Before we get into uh, this final episode of the week, uh, my favorite, our Freeform Friday, I'm still spinning in my head that Dak Prescott, and I, I get the reasons, and you're absolutely right, Jerry Jones a moron, his sons are idiots. Um, in regard to episode 458, we were talking about Zach Prescott turning down a $33 million a year contract proposal from the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm sitting here thinking, how many houses do you need to buy mama? How many cars does your mama need? How many times does your brother have to get bailed out of jail? $33 million should be able to take care of that. I, I, again, I get it. I'm just, I'm old school and I'm incredulous that a guy has the balls and he's right in doing so. Chris tuned me up. I get it. But I just... <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> $33 million. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to uh, what we're supposed to do here on our last episode of the week, my favorite episode of the week. Even though we've had a lot of good episodes lately, I find myself, I haven't been able to walk as much, but when I do get out, I've been listening and re-listening to a lot of our episodes lately, and I would suggest you folks doing the same damn thing. Um, Episode 459 here on Unscripted. Mike and Chris with you. Freeform Friday. Chris goes on to our Twitter account, finds what people are talking about. If he finds something interesting, we bring it up, we talk about it, and move on to the next topic. Having said that, I hand over the control of the broadcast over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke. Thanks, Mike. Well, you might have seen that Damian Lillard is not very happy about a potential game-winning shot being goaltended and then not being called. So the NBA actually released an official statement saying uh, saying it. So Eric Walden at Trib Jazz said, NBA refs acknowledge they missed the goaltending Rudy committed on Lillard's shot. And Damian Lillard responded on Twitter at Dame underscore Lillard. Uh, Lillard said, we don't want to hear this punk-ass shit. And uh, Rob Perez at Worldwide Wob said, Damian Lillard about to get fined the GDP of a small island country. If he overpays and tells the NBA to keep the change, I'm updating my MVP rankings immediately. I, 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 I can't agree more with that. You know, it's funny when, when uh, referees make bad calls in games and they come back to the losing team the next day and say, well, we erred here. Well, no shit you did. And I don't want to hear about it the next day. Um, I think what the Portland Trailblazers organization should do, and I don't know who owns the tra Portland Trailblazers anymore because Mr. Paul Allen, who owned the Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks of the NFL, um, he's not with us anymore. Mr. Allen passed a year, year and a half ago, whatever it was. So I think what should happen here is not, you know, sure, it's going to be the GDP of a small, you know, uh, undeveloped nation, but I think that the Portland Trailblazers should pick up the tab on this, not Damian Lillard. Damon Lillard, I think Lillard was justified. I saw the game last night between the Trailblazers and the Jazz, and I thought it was Helen Keller clear that Rudy Gobert goaltended on that, on that goal, and uh, yes, it did cost the Portland Trailblazers uh, a, a win last night, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, I believe off the top of my head, are ninth or 10th 
now in the West standings, and they need to be in the top eight to make the playoffs. And any loss that like that can be devastating, heartbreaking, all the other adjectives that you want to use. And I think Dame is 1,000% correct with his response. It's going to cost him some money, but um, I don't want to hear about that garbage. We Everybody in the arena, even the Salt Lake fans, the Salt Lake City fans even knew, and they're stupid. Um <laughs> Because they live there. Um, I just, I, I think that Dame has a total right to be pissed off, and I'm glad that it's going to cost him some money, but I'm glad that he uh, he spoke up because every win or loss can be devastating at this point of the season when you're, again, the 10th team and you need to get in the top eight. And let's say, let's be honest, Portland is not the best team. I don't know if they're going to qualify. If they do get in, it's going to be no higher than the 7th or 8th spot, but you know, a lot of these guys in their contracts have incentive bonuses to make the playoffs. And when the referees take that, basically that money out of their pocket, I can see why they're pissed off. Sure. Okay. One of your favorite people, Jeff Ross at Real Jeffrey Ross, had a couple of good lines here. He said, they put Steve Jobs in a really expensive coffin. Then they paid extra for a plastic case to protect it from scratches. (laughs) And, and hold on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he had another good one too. You'll really appreciate this one. He said because he had to go to Phoenix for a show, I think. And he said, "I looked up fun things to do in Phoenix, and it said go to Vegas." Yeah, exactly. I couldn't agree more. You know, it's so funny. Ve- Vegas and Phoenix are uh, separated by 250 miles on I- on Highway 93 through the desert, and um, you know. I'm sorry. I know that Phoenix is one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, but I find no redeeming qualities in it. Everybody can carry a gun there. Um, you know, and that's beside the point. What's the Nevada gun laws, by the way? Keep it hidden. So it's concealed. You can get a concealed permit. Yeah. But Arizona just has open carry. Open carry. Yeah. You can sit down and walk like Marshall Dillon used to in downtown Dodge. You can walk. Yeah. And it's different in Phoenix, but Um, I obviously am biased toward Vegas. Um, I have a history there. I have a family there and yada, yada. But you can't compare the two. You really can't. Um, Again, I know Phoenix is like the fourth biggest city now in the United States. Great. If I had a chance, 10 out of 10 times I'm going to Vegas and I'm bypassing Phoenix like the plague. I've been to Phoenix many times and uh, I just don't have any real redeeming qualities about yeah i've actually never been to arizona so i I don't know but uh interesting yeah i know that phoenix is very unique it's very spread out and very spread out the 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 creators of drive-through liquor stores um (laughs) i remember and this maybe soured me a little bit on phoenix first time judy and i had a friend that lived in phoenix and judy and i were living in vegas and we decided to fly down because you can fly you know 19 dollars on southwest airlines fly down to phoenix for the weekend to introduce Judy to my friend. We get off the airplane in Phoenix. And of course, when old friends get together, the first thing we do is, is get liquor. <laughs> liquor enhances any relationship. And um, so we get, we get uh, to this drive through liquor store. And as soon as we picked up our items and paid for it, we're leaving the establishment and we're stopped at the intersection trying to get out onto the, whatever, I think it was Camelback Drive or something in Phoenix. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And um, all of a sudden we're at this, we're trying to get, you know, merge onto traffic and we're at this liquor store 
And all of a sudden, there's a knock on the window. Now, thankfully, it was 100 and something degrees, so the air conditioning was on. But we get a knock on the passenger side window. Guy with a gun. I'm sitting there, and the guy says, you know, roll down the window, and he's got a gun. And I'm going, oh, good. Welcome to fucking Phoenix. So I roll down the window, and my friend, because I didn't know she was going to have this, she goes into her glove box and pulls out a Glock 9. And I'm going, oh, my God. I've been in Phoenix 15 minutes. I've seen two weapons. I've seen two more weapons than I've seen since I was in Saudi Arabia back in 1991. All this guy wanted was some money, but when you start the conversation by tapping on the window with a gun and then the person in the car that you're in responds by pulling out a Glock 9, um, not my most redeeming quality of the city of Phoenix and the state of Arizona, and it has probably you know, clouded my vision of Phoenix. Wow, weird. Awesome. Yeah, okay. welcome to Phoenix. Bow, bow. Yeah. Jeez. All right, so uh, the Boston Red Sox hilarious offseason continues, and you may have seen that uh, the whole Mookie Betts trade has not been well received. Yep. And <laughs> hasn't been finalized yet either. No, it, it, yeah, it's like whoever's running the Red Sox is running the Iowa caucuses for the Democrats, I think, here. <laughs> So that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Red at uh, Surviving Grady said, Other awesome trades the Red Sox could make Xander Bogarts for Tim Beckham in a couple nice suits, <laughs> Raphael Devers for a sweet 2020 Toyota Camry, Nathan Eovaldi for some Sonic gift cards, Chris Sale for my Netflix password, and JD Martinez for some turkey subs. Uh, <laughs> any other awesome trades you think the Red Sox could make right now? <laughs> well, uh, maybe back, maybe try to reacquire Babe Ruth uh, and screw the Yankees like the Yankees screwed you in 1916 or whatever it was. Um, all I know is that there's a new general manager in Boston this year. He's been mandated. This guy's name, I believe, is Bloom. I don't know his first name. He came to the Red Sox from his former position. He was a head high up in the... Tampa Bay Rays baseball organization and everybody goes after Tampa Bay executives because they know how to get things done on the cheap. And the first thing that the ownership group of the Boston Red Sox headed by Messrs. John Henry and Tom Werner was that the, the Red Sox wanted to get under the luxury tax of this year. So that has necessitated this trade for Mookie, Mookie Betts. And they also got rid of $93 million or whatever it was left on David Price's contract as well. It was Book, Mookie Betts and David Price going to the Dodgers and a bunch of you know minor leaguers and whatever uh, coming back uh, to the other teams in the trade. The holdup is the third team in the trade, which is the Minnesota Twins, the guy that they were supposed to send to... Um, Boston has come up on the radar as a, a guy with that's having a, a physical problem. So I don't know what's going to happen there. They've got to figure it out soon, especially with pitchers and catchers reporting by this time next week, seven days away. Um, but all I know is the Boston Red Sox have been mandated by their ownership group that I just told you about to get under the tax, uh, luxury tax threshold. And the way to do that is to send guys like Mookie Betts, who's going to get wanting to get paid next year just massively, 
and then obviously you get rid of the $94 million remaining on on uh, the pitcher's contract. So not fun times right now in Boston. It's going to be fun to see how many games the Yankees win the AL East by this year because the Red Sox aren't going to be a factor. The Rays aren't going to be a factor. The Jays are still in rebuilding mode, and Baltimore, Baltimore just sucks. So it's going to be an interesting year in the AL East. It's going to be the Yankees' division to take for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yet... Uh... Brands that really are serious about social media are really carving out uh, some some good brand recognition for themselves here. There's, uh, you know, you might in hockey, you might notice the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights have done a really good job with their social media there. I don't know if you ever see any highlights on the internet or anything, but their social media is really well done. Whoever does their Twitter accounts really has hilarious comments and that. Mm-hmm. And another uh, place or another franchise that or another company that has a good Twitter account is Wendy's and they are fearless. They just go after everyone. They make fun of everyone. They don't care. And it's, it's not what you'd think of the old Dave Thomas, right, you know, right, it's right. just such a different world now, but I mean, Dave Thomas died in, I think 2002. So it's right, been a yeah. long time, quite, right? Quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, so Wendy's just out of nowhere tried to antagonize McDonald's and, I think they they said uh, oh dude I don't have that one right here I don't think but it was pretty funny they had one where I think it was just some other truck and they just had McDonald's advertising on the side and they're like oh is that a garbage truck or something and then they so then they just went at McDonald's and they just said hey McDonald's roast us and then McDonald's <laughs> didn't respond so Wendy said guess they're gonna make us pull forward and wait <laughs> well you know I I like Wendy's but. I have great respect for McDonald's, and uh, I think both of us do. Uh, I remember you telling me the story about a job that you applied for in Vancouver, and they wanted you to have McDonald's the on your Royal resume. The Royal Vancouver Yacht Club. Yeah, and they wanted you to have McDonald's yeah. on your or would have liked to have seen that yeah. you had McDonald's on your resume. I think that speaks volumes of McDonald's. I think this smear campaign by Wendy's shows volumes of McDonald's, and McDonald's takes shots from everybody. McDonald's has taken shots from uh, what I call puke in the pail, which is Jack in the box. And uh, they're taking shots from everybody. And you know what? All they just keep doing is producing billions and billions of burgers every day. Um, Take your shots at McDonald's. They don't care. McDonald's isn't going anywhere. McDonald's is well run. Uh, And, you know, the thing that I think about McDonald's, you know, I don't think there is a, and it just doesn't have to even be restaurant. I think as a corporation, I think McDonald's is about as forward-thinking as you can be. Oh, they are, yeah. They just always are trying different things to see if it'll work. They'll put it out in their marketplace a little bit. If it works, fine. If it doesn't, well, then they get rid of it. Or they put it on a rotational basis, like McRibs or certain drinks that they put on there. But, you know, I just love the consistency of McDonald's. I know that that food isn't the best for you to eat, and you don't want to make it a habit at eating, obviously, in fast food restaurants, especially as you get older, uh, in my case, obviously. But you could do a lot worse, and I just really believe that McDonald's does it the right way, and I'm most impressed always by their ingenuity and their forward thinking, which I think puts them in a different class to the guys that like to take shots at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I like how they and Coke really seem to, you know, they'll still mm-hmm. play, spend more than they probably have to on advertising. They want to stay number one, and, and it is it is tough to stay number one, and they don't take it for granted. So I like their corporate strategies for sure. 
All right. You know what? We didn't really this week, because this is the first week we've recorded since the Super Bowl completed. Correct. We didn't really talk too much about uh, the Chiefs other than Andy Reid's yeah. love of burgers or anything. A couple tweets here, so you can say whatever you want about these or about Mahomes and the Chiefs. I'm sure this is the first of many Super Bowls for Mahomes. By the way, I do want to say that Mahomes, I think, should have, you know, he's not the worst choice for MVP, and he maybe they don't come back without him. But I think the guy who really deserved the MVP was Damian Williams. The running back, yeah. 26. Absolutely. He, he looked really spectacular there, and he had some great plays. And, and again, even with him playing like that, maybe with Garoppolo on that team, right. then maybe that's different. But anyway, a couple just tweets here to set that up for you. So the Detroit Tigers at the Tigers. Congratulations to Tigers 2014 37th round pick Patrick Mahomes on winning MVP of his football game. Yeah. Yeah, I he thought was, that was yeah. funny. You know, his, you remember his dad was a pitcher yes. in the Texas Rangers yep. organization. Okay, Pat Mahomes. I just love how they do that, though. Winning MVP of his football game, like some <laughs> little thing that he won. <laughs> little sandlot yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, the other one was uh, the Onion at the Onion. Super Bowl confetti made entirely from shredded concussion studies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. I too. love that one too. Anyway, thoughts on uh, the uh, Chiefs? You know, first and foremost, I have to send a shout out to my friend uh, Clint Sampson in Kelowna, British Columbia. He was the one that sent me the reminder of the the score back in November. He's a big San Francisco 49er fan, and uh, he was the one that sent me the not so nice note about what happened to the Packers in November. And then I read back to you my very cynical response to him. <clears throat> I would just like to say this. What do uh, Kyle Shanahan, the Atlanta Falcons, and the San Francisco 49ers all have in common? They've blown leads at the end of the Super Bowl. Boom! Right there. Uh, Shanahan was the offensive coordinator a couple of years or three years ago, whatever it was, when the Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Falcons blew a 28-3 lead to the New England Patriots in overtime. And I also believe that Shanahan had something, Shanahan had something to do with losing a 10-point lead with 6 minutes and 18 seconds left in Super Bowl 54. That's all I'm going to say about that. San Francisco is going to be back. They will be in Super Bowls again. I do believe, though, I do believe that if the 49ers want to take it to the next level, I truly do believe that they have to find another quarterback over Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think they might, and this is but really... Let, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go, go let, me, no. let me comment, if you will, uh, on the Kansas City performance. I was very happy, obviously, for Andy Reid. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes uh, is the MVP of the National Football League, but I think the MVP, and I'll echo Chris's sentiments here, I believe the MVP of the Super Bowl itself should have been the running back, Williams. Um, I, obviously, I don't think they get there without Mahomes, but when they were down, Williams was a guy that kept the chains moving. He kept the ball in the possession of the Chiefs. And without his contributions, there wouldn't have been any heroics, in my opinion, in regard to Patrick Mahomes. And his best plays were not ones created by the O-line. He was catching balls in space and making amazing juke moves, you know, turning losses into gains. Like, this was not Sean Alexander being a product of amazing blocking with the Seahawks. This was, like, Damian Williams doing the work himself and putting right. the team on his back. And, well, Mahomes did the same. Yeah, Damien deserved it. He really Well, did. I I just think that young man was and I will I will say this. I was concerned because as I mentioned when we made our Super Bowl picks that I was concerned that Shady McCoy was looking to be a healthy scratch and that obviously came to fruition. 
but I didn't even miss J.D. McCoy. I didn't even remember that he was on the Kansas City roster the way I saw this young man play football during the Super Bowl. So congratulations to the Chiefs. I'm happy for the Hunt family, Clark family, uh, Clark Hunt, excuse me, the son of founder, um, oh, what the hell, uh, what, Lamar, yeah, Hunt. Lamar Hunt, Lamar Hunt, yes, the son of Lamar Hunt. Congratulations to everybody involved with the Chiefs organization. But I think I'm going to say this, and I'd be interested to hear your spin on this. I believe, even if Garoppolo is the quarterback, I believe the 49ers will get back to the Super Bowl before the Chiefs do. Mm. And I, the reason I say that is I believe that um, San Francisco's got more playmakers than Kansas City does. And a better defense. And a better defense. And I ultimately think I would prefer if Garoppolo wasn't the quarterback, if you're if you're a 49er fan. But I truly believe that I don't know when, but I do believe that if they can keep the roster pretty much intact, there's a little bit of turnover in every NFL roster every year. But if the 49ers, and I don't know who the hell their general manager is, if he can keep that, oh, it's John Lynch, of course. What am I thinking? I'm thinking of the drunk guy and Trent Belke. Trent Belke got a job this week. That's what I was thinking. Trent Belke, the former 49ers general manager, he got a job as the, he took over for Coughlin in Jacksonville. That's where I was thinking. But anyway, if John Lynch can keep the majority of his roster together, I believe that'll be a faster track for San Francisco to get back to the Super Bowl than it will be the Kansas City Chiefs. That actually makes sense. I can agree with that. But I will say, Patrick Mahomes has not won his final Super Bowl at this point. By no way, shape, or form. There's no question in my mind. I just think that they're probably, if you're looking a little you know, out past the next couple of seasons, I think that Kansas City potentially has more holes to fill in their starting 22 than the 49ers do. Mm -hmm. But speaking of Garoppolo, this is crazy. You know, sometimes you see pictures from way back in the day it'll sh it, and they'll look like from hundreds of years or, well, from as far back as pictures go anyway, but you'll see black and white pictures from someone a long time ago in the 1800s or something, and they will look like someone today, like exactly like a total yeah. doppelganger. Yeah. And it's so weird. And it's like, is this person like a time traveler or something? So Molly Knight at Molly underscore Knight, my grandma saw Jimmy Garoppolo and said, oh my God, that's Tyrone Power. So, oh my God. So I Googled Tyrone Power. Do you know who Tyrone oh, Power yeah. is? Yeah. Look at that friggin'. That's a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I do know Tyrone Power. Like, yeah. they, they call him, he, this is a black and white picture of some actor. They say he, they call him the handsomest man who ever lived. He yeah. looks exactly like Jimmy, like, I mean, exactly like Jimmy Garoppolo. How is that not Jimmy Garoppolo? I know. Oh, I know. A absolutely. That look, I would have said that was Jimmy Garoppolo right there. 100%. That's, unbe that's unbelievable. That's maybe the best one I've ever seen. But Well, sometime, not today, but sometime when you have some time on your hands, look at look at the similarities between these two guys, the two guys I'm going to man mention right now. A 1970s Robert Redford and a 2020s Brad Pitt. Oh, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what those look like. I just, don't know just like oh, I know, but just... I know. I mean, it just seems ir I mean, it, and it's so funny. You know, you back in the seventies, sixties, and seventies, you had Robert Redford and Paul Newman in a number of movies. And then, alternatively, as we turn ourselves to today, how many times have Brad Pitt and George Clooney hooked up in a movie? You know, you get yeah, those yeah. you get those partnerships at work, mm -hmm. right? And uh, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm familiar with Tyrone Power even way before my time, but I can't believe the similarities between Tyrone Power and Jimmy Garoppolo. I wonder if Power uh, could play quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Uh, well, Ford pass, what's that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, this was kind of funny here. Barry Petcheski at Barry. Uh, <laughs> it was an Islanders game. And he said, there's an entire section of zebras at this Islanders game. So the, they they got this entire section, like a bunch of guys, an entire section uh, at the New York Islanders game. And they all dressed up as refs, or I think more accurately, they probably all dressed up as... Actually, no, they did have the ref sleeves on. But I mean, I think really they were more like linesmen, essentially. And they spent the whole game chanting, let's go refs. And and they would go nuts every time there was an icing or an offside. This is at an Islanders game. Yeah, they weren't even cheering for either team. They were just there to see the refs and the linesmen. And anytime they called an offside on anyone or an icing on anyone, they just went nuts I and wonder- like, yeah! I wonder if somebody was on the officiating crew, again, probably more of a linesman, as you make mention. I wonder if one of of that group of people that dressed up as linesmen, I wonder if they had a relation to a linesman. Maybe, but I just think it's just a... I've never heard of anything like that. I think it's just, they're just trying to be funny. Okay. I I think it's a kind of... I've just never heard anything like that. That just surprises me. They're just being silly. Anyway. Drunken fans, maybe? Drunken fans, maybe, in New York. Yeah, I don't know. Free tickets? One from a radio show? Long Island. Why would you bother drinking? Yeah, exactly. All right. uh, Rob Perez at Worldwide Wob. The problem with being nice to people is you end up getting invited to their wedding. God, that's so damn true. <laughs> oh my God, terrible to say, but it's the goddamn truth. I, I swear to God. Um, I, you know, I, 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 um, I had a very small wedding, and I wouldn't do it any other way. And it's worked well for Judy and I over twenty-seven years. But I have found over the next last, you know, over the the duration of our our marriage, that some of the weddings that we've been invited to and ultimately we didn't go to Mm. well just because you know i've got to really know somebody and have some kind of a relationship with to take the time and the effort especially if you have to travel or judy does if judy really was someone close to judy you would go if you didn't know them very well um well you know in the lebanese or muslim in her her regard muslim lebanese they have a huge contingency of that in edmonton and we could be in Edmonton almost every weekend because there's always a wedding and, and, and we just don't do it. Um, but in my case, um, I've respectfully declined, gone to more than a few over the past quarter century because I don't know. I mean, I, I know them, but I don't know them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've been to a couple that I didn't really get too excited about, but it really becomes... The number of gifts, the quality of the gifts, how much was spent on the gifts, and how much you get chastised if it's not a big enough gift. Who chastises you? Oh, I've been chastised because if I don't know the person, I'm not going to spend big money. No, but the people receiving the gift? No, but like talking amongst and they, well, that that was a pretty cheesy gift. That, <laughs> oh, I've, that's that's happened to me. Oh, man. You oh. can imagine what I'd want to see there. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've I've... I've, I know uh, you wanted to say. Oh yeah, I've I've been in a few scenarios where um, they don't directly say it to you, but I have pretty good ears, and uh, you know some of the gifts that some people brought were just uh, you know it's like fuck you. Wow. Um, I, I I've had I have not had much luck. Thankfully, my wedding went well. 
I know I would have had a good time at you and Martina's wedding. Oh, our wedding was the best. But I would have had a good time there, but I would have been comfortable there. See? I'd rather stay away than be uncomfortable. That's sure, just me. Sure, sure. Again, for me, especially if you have to travel to get there, I've got to really know somebody because I'm not going to spend the time, the energy, and everything to get there if it's not somebody that I really feel that I need to be there or want to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm strange that way, but I'm also transparently honest. No, that's that. that's that's really good. I, it's hard to really disagree with that. Uh, Martina and my wedding, Martina's and my wedding was uh, fantastic. Everything was absolutely perfect start to finish. We had a great time. We danced our asses off for five hours straight. And then it made it great because I always tell people, okay, if you're getting married, my biggest advice, get out, get your ass on the dance floor, especially the bride, because that's where the party, wherever the bride is, is where the party is, right? And so too many weddings treat the dance like this sideshow for the peons who the great unwashed public for the proletariat to sit there and rot you know just keep yourselves busy while we run around doing who knows what disappear for a few hours or whatever (laughs) and it's just wrong and so at our wedding we were out there the whole time and so did you get married here or in calgary in calgary yeah Yeah, we were it so it was it was rocking and uh yeah that the dance floor was just the center of attention for hours and hours and hours it was amazing i couldn't agree with that more and i'll tell you one of the biggest weddings I've ever been to was my brother Dave in Green Bay. And we've probably talked three times since 2008. But regardless, that night itself was unbelievable because of just what you said. The whole, and I was the best man, the whole wedding party had our asses out on the dance floor. We had sunglasses on and it was just a party. It was one of the best weddings that I've ever been to. Um, highlighted by my my terrific best man speech that people still today talk about. Um, and I will take full credit for that. Um, I had somebody, I had notes similar to what I bring to unscripted for my brother's best man speech. And somebody stole it right off the podium. Oh, wow. Cause they wanted it. They liked it so much. And I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea to this day who it is, who it was, but, um, no, that was, and for all those reasons you just stated, that's what made it a great, great wedding. Interesting. I I was the MC of Ryan and Nicole's wedding. Okay. A friend of the show, Ryan Hall, and yeah, and, and one of the one of the only three guys in the world that don't cheat on their yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, good for Ryan. Yeah, he he said. Uh, oh, actually, here you know what? I'm going to pull that up. We texted about that, and I'll tell you what Ryan had to say about that here. But uh, let's see, where was that? I have to get past all of the NFL memes he sends me. All right, so uh, Ryan says, I just listened to f- episode 452. Kudos for holding back. When you guys were talking about people that don't cheat on their wife, I fully expected you to say something to the effect of me not cheating because I married the only person on earth that will have sex with me. <laughs> and <laughs> so I, of course, responded with the, what I think is the obvious answer, which is I would never say that. There must be dozens of people on earth who would have sex with you if they had to. <laughs> And they had the right card. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, <laughs> look, I, I loved Ryan and Nicole's wedding. And my favorite thing, I like when people don't do the same old stuff. And Ryan was saying in Yorkton, where we're from, there's basically, you know, there's two wedding DJs and there's two, whatever, caterers, I think. Like, there's just, there's basically, you know, he was telling people about his wedding leading up to it. And, and they're like, oh, which DJ are you using? This guy or this guy? And he's like, well, no, we're actually getting... 
this, uh, you know, guy from Calgary who was the MC for our wedding. His name's Hurricane Hollywood, the best guy. He will make your wedding yeah. happen. Like right. he will get out there. He will tell everyone what to do and like he'll lead everything and it's amazing. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, who are you getting for this? Oh, well, we actually, you know, who's your photographer? Like this person or this person? Oh, no, it's actually this girl we went to school with who's a big photographer, um, you know, out east or whatever. And so it's like, oh, okay. And so it was great. It was not a typical Yorkton wedding. It's a lot of fun. You talk about point form. I had my iPad up there with a notepad with about three or four points, each of which had about three words on it. And that was my entire what I had, I mean, I prepared in my oh, head, yeah, 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 yeah. I prepared in my head, certainly, but I just, I like to just make it more natural and everything. So I had almost no notes up there. And so that was a lot of fun, but it was, Ryan and Nicole's wedding was great. And and part of it was that they did spend all the time on the dance floor and Hurricane Hollywood's out there leading it. And like, he's, he makes the party happen and, and he's very cheap too, like in a good way. And like, he's inexpensive to right, book right, right, right. and he's done NHL weddings and everything. And if you're looking for, if anyone's looking for a great DJ, uh, and a guy just to make sure your wedding is happening. And it's not, not some dude. Like I went to another wedding a few years ago and you know, the dude was just sitting in the corner. Yeah. You know, flipping records. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. If you don't want that. Yeah. Hurricane Hollywood is his name. And he's fantastic. Well, let me tell you, this is my opinion and you know, you can agree with it or not, but I got to tell you when I was growing up and I went to weddings, it was tradition, especially in Catholic weddings in Midwest United States that after the, you know, you'd have the dinner and you'd have the speeches and whatever. Then the groom, the uh, bride and groom left and went on their honeymoon. Oh. And the rest of the party was left to who's ever left, right? The rest of the uh, to do wedding party. Well, dance and drink. and But the, the, the main attraction, the husband and wife, left. Yeah. And so... It, it, oh yeah. Who that, comes up with this shit? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But I was at a lot of weddings when I was in my teens and in the twenties that the bride and groom, you'd get to a certain part in the festivities, you'd have the dinner, right? And you'd have the speeches and you'd cut the cake. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, well, we're leaving. We're going to go screw now. I mean, you know, we're, we're going to go start our honeymoon and there'd still be, there'd still be 250, 300 people. Why would you even want to leave if you have everyone there to hang out with? I don't have the answer to that question. I'm telling you the way it used to be where I grew up, Horrible. Is that they'd give the they'd give we'd have again we'd have dinner, um, there would be the the speeches there'd be the cutting of the cake you know you shove the cake in the girl's mouth yada yada, and then there'd be the big send off, and they'd get into a car with the the, the cans and the men just they, they literally did that yeah oh yeah yeah and then they'd leave, and you'd never see them again they were off on their wedding and then they were going to go do the voodoo that they were going to do but. That still left potentially 250 to 300 guests sitting in the hall going, okay, what do we do now? Wow, that's incomprehensible to me. By the way, that just always reminds me of the cans doing there. If anyone wants to see a hilarious comedy sketch, there's a show called Mr. Show from the 90s, and uh, it's got Bob Odenkirk and David Cross. And if, if you ever want to see a hilarious sketch, Google Just Fucking Married, and it's the funniest one of the... Hold on. It's just... It's not exactly what you're thinking, but that's what the... Yeah just go on youtube or something look up just fucking married mr show okay. you'll you'll laugh your ass off anyway it's not exactly what you're expecting but they got the cans there and it, <laughs> says, it says just fucking married on the back it's it's brilliant anyway uh okay i enjoyed talking about the wedding so we'll just finish off here last tweet the onion at the onion controversial puppy bowl star shits during national anthem you know what the, po- you know what the puppy bowl is the puppy bowl no 
Oh, okay. No, I don't okay, know. let's go over that then. So no. so every year at the Super Bowl, yeah. they have a bunch of puppies, yeah. a bunch of little puppy dogs yeah. play football, kind of. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's called the Puppy Bowl. They've been doing it for 20 years, I think, or something. It's called the Puppy Bowl, and these dogs try to play football against each other. Oh, really? Yeah. So, never never were aware of that. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I live a sheltered life. I, I don't know if they do it on the Saturday or when or whatever, but I just thought that was funny. Controversial puppy bull star shits during National Anthem. I just thought that was no, funny. No, I, I, it is funny. I wish I could help you. I, no, I don't. I, You know, I, I, I worked seven Super Bowls, and that mostly, to be honest with you, was hanging was uh, uh, coming uh, getting out of a hangover from the night before. Um, there's always a big party, a big party uh, on Saturday night. And the only ones not there are obviously the participants in the game itself. But everybody else is there, and the NFL foots the bill. And oh my God, it's okay. Well, what I, I like to end on one that you can appreciate. So I've got a backup onion story here for you. All right, you. let's go. Okay, the onion at the onion. Minnesota resident thinking of finally packing it all up and moving someplace warm like Michigan. <laughs> Oh, getting tired of rooting for the Vikings, Timberwolves, Twins, and and, uh, North Stars or whatever they are now. Um, Yeah. You know, in fairness, I I pick a lot of fun at at Minnesota and Minnesotans and the state of. But in reality, um, it's very much like Winnipeg. Lots of beautiful lakes, but mosquitoes like this in the summertime just because of all the, the proximity to all the water. Um, but there really are all kidding aside. There are some very nice Minnesota people. It's just, they're not real bright. (laughs) We've got to run on this 459th episode of unscripted. And this will also put a wrap on another good week of shows here on unscripted. A lot of thanks go out to Chris. A lot of thanks out to all of you for listening and participating. And thanks, Ryan. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I like that guy. Is he ever coming back to Calgary, or has he had enough of us? <laughs> no, you know what? The Halls actually come to Calgary quite a bit, shockingly. I feel kind of bad that uh, we never go there. But no, they, they go and watch a lot of uh, shows. They'll go watch music concerts, comedy shows, sports. Like They travel yeah. all over the place just to... Nice. They go to Winnipeg a lot, come here quite a bit. Uh, Ryan likes to go to car shows and uh, motorbike shows. Well, and I all think that the next have, time so. that they're here, we should... Do something like yeah, absolutely. Dinner and drinks and yeah, and, for sure. Uh, yep. Maybe we'll have a drunken episode of Unscripted with our guest host Ryan Hall. Oh, that'd be fun. I don't I don't know if he'd want to eat with us because we don't have two dollar beef on a bun on Fridays like they do at the pub in Yorkton. But and and to be honest, with all respect to all Saskatchewan people, they're great people. I don't do pill. Oh, I don't either. Oh, good. I just well, I don't like. I know you're not beers. a beer drinker. I, mean, I know. Yeah, I know. And I'm not a huge beer drinker, but I can't do pill. I've tried it. Don't but understand it's, it's, it. My, no, first, no. Uh, uh, my first pill, I was at my first, when I very first moved here. Don Narcisse might have been playing at that time. Oh, probably the, was, yeah. For the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. My very first Saskatchewan-Calgary game down at that toilet on Crowchild. And I remember sitting by some very, very uh, inebriated Rough Rider fans, and we were having a great time because I, they got me hammered too. That was my first indoctrination to pill. And it was a guy was sitting next to me with a watermelon on his head. And I'm going, All right, I've heard about this, but this is weird. And he proceeded to tell me about it. But that was my first indoctrination into Pilsner. And uh, I have never had another Pilsner since. And I won't tell you how that night ended, but all I know is Saskatchewan won. 
and I was sick later that night. Yeah, I you know to me they're all the same. Pilsner, Coors Light, Molson Canadian. I'm sure that beer drinkers can tell you the big differences between them, but to yeah. me it's like how all scotch tastes like Listerine. It's like I don't know. It just they're they're all the same to me. I like a good white unfiltered beer. You know, I, I like like Rickard's White. Nice. You know, okay. yeah. or or the other thing I like if I can't have a white unfiltered beer, the other thing that's really good is I like a Rattler, like a grapefruit Rattler, like Stiegel Rattler, okay. where it's half beer, half grapefruit juice oh, essentially. Yeah. Okay. And it's yeah, really yeah. good, and they do with some other ones, but any uh, someone else has a good Rattler. Don't is it the I don't know if it's the Bud Light one. It's someone else has a good grapefruit Rattler, but any sort of grapefruit Rattler beer or a white unfiltered beer, I like those, but that's about it. I don't really like any other beers. Well, my goal still, as we're now 41 episodes from 500, so we're 541 episodes from our goal of 1,000 episodes, I still want to hear from the Spearmint Rhino, and I still want to hear from Bud Light Platinum. Um, Bud Light Platinum is different to me just for the... You know, one of the problems I have with drinking beer is I don't like the aftertaste. After it goes down, it's some beers that are more tart, more whatever. But that's the thing that I like about Bud Light Platinum. It goes down smooth and it stays down and I don't taste it as it's already down, down. And it's too bad they don't they don't bring it up here anymore. It's strictly now in the United States. When I go down there, I always bring three or four cases back, as long as many as they'll allow me to bring. But if we could get the Spearmint Rhino... And Bud Light Platinum as sponsors of Unscripted, my life would be set. That would be awesome. We've got to run. <laughs> hey, if you got goals, shoot for the moon. Well, what are Mike's interests, everyone? <laughs> Boobs and beer. That's what it is. Boobs and beer. Yep. We've got to run on this 459th episode of Unscripted. We thank everybody again for a great week of shows and uh, truly hope that uh, you continue to listen to us as we, again, are now... 541 episodes from our goal of 1,000 episodes. That's a lot of episodes. For the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.